Hey guys, I just want to tell you a little bit about our Podcasters app which is now live on the App Store. It's the world's first audio-driven app for experiencing medicine. Every week you can step into the shoes of doctors with an engaging case and quiz. Download now and have a look for yourself. Let's get back to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Scrubbed In podcast. I hope you've all been keeping well. This week we're joined by a very good friend of mine called Aisha, who's a final year medical student at King's College London. But what's super cool about her is while being a medical student, she somehow turned into an entrepreneur, having founded Muslimah, which is the very first app dedicated to help young female Muslims integrate their faith with their lifestyle. She's won multiple awards, been through lots of accelerator schemes. Um, so it's a massive pleasure to invite you onto the show today, Aisha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. All good. All I know good. we've been scheduling to do this for a while now <laughs> and our timetables have clashed. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good fun. Um, we want to hear all about your entrepreneurial pursuits as a medical student. But as with all typical guests and the, the scrubbed in fashion, we want to take it all the way back to the very beginning. Um, so tell us a bit about when you decided you wanted to be a doctor, that journey into med school. Um, and then we can kind of quickly whistle stop through that and then come to Muslimah. Oh, we're going a while back now. Um, so growing up, I think mom and dad were always like, you're going to be a doctor. And so I think I just grew up and was like, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. And then um, I think when I was in year six, I there's, there used to be a series called The Bill. I don't know if you guys ever watched it. It was on ITV. No? The police yeah, one, that right? one, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved, loved it. And I wanted to be a policewoman. And it's purely because oh, of, wow. I wanted to, like, I loved, um, like, all the different clues and stuff. More more so a detective, because they, you know, they have all these clues and they'd go undercover. Mm. And I was like, Dad, I'm being a policewoman. And he's like, you're going to get killed. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> um, and then... Went to secondary school and there were a few like career changes that I had. My maths teacher, bless her, was like, oh, I think you should become prime minister because I, I don't like um, <laughs> in, like injustice going on in the world. And I was like, I would always argue yeah. in our maths class and stuff. And then she said, oh, why don't you be prime minister? And I was like, yeah, okay, fine, I'll be prime minister. Mm. And then I loved maths. I loved science. So I was looking into that sort of... Um, field and it was only when my sis- youngest sister was born premature I was in year 10 and um, that's when I decided um I wanted to be to um be a doctor because um I mean I what I loved about science was just um I, I think I just loved the human body and I just loved what was going on inside of us and you know like there's so many so many muscles are needed just to like you know um like move your hands and all these intricate processes so I loved that, but then I think what it, what it was about my sister being born premature was that, so I'm from a big family, I think you guys know this, I have, I'm the eldest of eight siblings, um, I know I give the vibe that I'm the youngest, that's what everyone says to me, but uh, uh, yeah, so I'm the eldest of eight, and so growing up, um, there was always like a baby in the house, and it was like a really happy occasion, but this one time, um, you know, we we got the phone call that, oh, you know, my sister's here, but, you know, she, the next hour determines whether she's going to be here for 24 hours. And then it's like oh, wow. mm. this 20, 
you know, if she makes it through this 24 hours, she'll make it basically. And mm-hmm. always to have a baby in the house um, is, is always like a happy occasion. So this time around, it was, it was so, uh, I felt so numb that I forgot to even ask my mom whether it was a boy or a girl. So, because I was so into, oh my God, is she going to, are they going to make it? And then, um, and then we went to see her and she was in an incubator and she was tiny. She was so small. You know, you can see her um, rib cage so clearly because her, literally her, her, like her skin was like paper thin, basically. And she was so small and um, she had a bandage wrapped around her because she had, um, I think she had jaundice, so there was shining light on her. Mm. And she had all these yeah. tubes and stuff, and her nappy was taking up her whole. Uh, her nappy was so big, so it would take up her whole, um, like it was like a mini um, top basically. And mm. I think we all just looked, and we all felt horrible. And um, the life within me just went. And my dad, who was like, you know, my dad would do. He's like the firefighter that had to solve all the problems and always be there for his kids. Mm. I think seeing him helpless and not being able to do anything. For his child and we just mm. relied on the doctors basically to you know, depending on them that it was dependent on them whether she could pull through or not that that just made me realize that actually if i have all this knowledge that i want to learn anyways but i get to apply it and help someone in such a way um mm. then that would be that would be like the best thing to, to do basically and um i felt it firsthand what it's like um if you can put that knowledge knowledge to good use um mm. and now my sister if you want to see her you would she's probably the tallest one out of all of us girls she's she's been like she's how old is she now she's like 11 i think um mm. and she's um on the track of becoming the tallest she's drinking milk every day to become the tallest out of all of us so um <laughs> no, that's good. it's that's quite crazy nice yeah. yeah it's um it's just basically wanted to what i love is just this this I find science so fascinating and it's about being able to do something really positive with it mm. Um, mm. and having the impact really. And that's probably what I'm all about. No, definitely. Um, and then that probably brought you into medicine. How has medical mm. been or how was medical prior to kind of founding Muslima? Yeah. So we can kind of compare how your life probably changed overnight. Well, I, I don't think many people know this about me, but um, I didn't get to medical school straight away. I didn't get in after my first gap year and mm. I didn't know what to do. And I had people left, right and centre telling me, oh, do something else, um, you know, do another career mm. path. You know, you've got A stars for A levels. You can do anything else. Mm-hmm. You can even go to Oxford and Cambridge or do something else. And my next neighbour, my next neighbour's sister-in-law even got involved and was like, yeah, don't make your um, daughter take another gap year. When is she going to get married? As they say. Mm. Um, and... Uh, my mom, being my mom, is someone who's like has to please, you know, doesn't want to um, offend anyone and listens to whatever people said. And she was like, maybe you shouldn't do medicine and do something else. And and then I remember just thinking, but you know, I've got the grades. The only thing that let me down was my interview. Like I would always get really nervous. And I think it's, it's just something that you know, I think probably girls struggle with. We're just really modest. And in an interview, you're meant to, you are meant to basically. Talk, like you know pick yourself up really and yeah. it just wasn't something that I was used to it didn't come natural to me and then I just thought well I'm if I do another degree and I'm gonna have to apply for another job jobs are so competitive anyways I'm gonna have to eventually learn how to pick myself up or get good at interviews mm-hmm. I might as well learn that now and do the career that I actually really want to do because um 
grades were fine um like i can show that i can hack it in terms of academics um my work experience all that was great i feel like you know i'm a caring person as well so i was okay let me just give it one more shot and i'm so glad i stuck to my guns because i'm here now final year quick question on that point so because a lot of students right now a level students and um some of the guys who are on gap years right now have unfortunately missed out on their med school offers their dental school offers can you tell us a little bit that moment about how you felt when you first didn't get get in what was going through your mind how you felt and the first thing you did after that to then get back on track to then get into med school talk us a little bit through that so like the first time like after the first four rejections so i was in college yeah and we had an amazing physics teacher he is i hope like the listeners know who he is if you guys went seven kings is dr piffia he did physics he was amazing um i just he basically just told me what do you want to do i think um a i think it's really important you have someone who you can speak to who's older than you who's got who can advise you he basically we mapped out what it is i want to do and I said, well, I definitely want to go into med school. And he said, well, you're doing A-levels now. You need to get the best grade possible. And so all my friends who had offers, they had the motivation of, they had a place at medical school. So they just needed three A's or whatever to get in. I didn't have that. And plus I knew that if I applied again next year, I'm going to be compared against everyone else and their predicted grades, which obviously they tend to be higher, don't they? And so I just, I didn't know how I was going to get A-stars. And so I, I just... But he just said, well, and then he gave me the examples of, you know, all the other people who have had to take gap years, etc. So it is possible. He made me believe that I can get in next year. I realized what it was that was that, you know, um, that made me have four rejections. And it was literally my personal statement wasn't strong enough. My interview mm-hmm. that I did have, I hadn't prepared well for it. So it was like, well, if I, you know, fix up my personal statement, do um, prepare for the interview then I'll have a better shot. But right now I need to get my grades. So then that's what I did. I did nothing. I think I started in February, end of February. And um, basically nobody saw me for like three, four months. Well, yeah. And I just mm-hmm. sat and I got the grades and I got two A stars, one A, one B. My B was in physics oh, wow. though. Amazing. It was in physics. Mm. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I B um, in the same class. Having the guy that, that guided you. I'm probably the most proud of my B in physics. I probably am because... Yeah. Um, Physics is hard. I, I dropped physics. It. You physics dropped was, it. There you, do you go. You know what? Physics is like super it's fun. Mad, I really right. loved physics, right? And then I did it at AS and I found like an A and then I dropped it. But like in reality, right? Everyone thinks medics are smart, but the people that are really good at maths, <laughs> that are really good at physics, that study at, at university, yeah. they're the real like clever clogs. They're, they're the yeah. real geniuses. No, and there's no need for me to do a full bay level. I should have done what you did, Abdul, and had a bit more of a life, but... I was just, you just have to stand out and that's what it is. And then I literally, I didn't even have medicine to look forward to, I remember, but um, I'm so, I'm so proud of myself either way that I didn't have anything to look forward to, but yeah, I just knuckled down and did it. You still went. Um, And then I I think I got better than, not to boast or anything, but like the people who did have medical um, school offers, I probably did either the same or better than them but that's because you know i just sat and i was like well i just need to put your head down yeah um yeah so that was the first time round and then so i got my grades i was like look Mm. here's here's proof i can do it and then so Mm. i went for my first gap year 
so my personal statement statement definitely improved I you know what changed this year around was I spoke to medical students I've never had um like medical students in my reach at all like prior to medical school mm-hmm. or college um so once I did find some once um uh, my friends started uni and, and they were medical students and stuff I was able to like ask them to look into it and they were like gold dust they were able to because they know exactly what it takes um to get a make a personal statement that's good enough for an interview um I got loads of work experience that was fine and then when then I had I think I had three interviews in my first gap year but again I so what my I mean I had prepared but I had to realize that I realized that actually you're meant to really go all out in, in interviews and the interview at medical school is the same or similar caliber to if you're applying for a job interview mm-hmm. and you have to I think people just thought well you know we just got out of college what do they really expect from us and they 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 do expect a lot they because they can be picky because there's so many of us applying mm-hmm. and then when I got rejected the second that first gap year so the second time round, that was really difficult that was really tough I think I was just so naive I just thought well everybody always gets in after their first gap year so I'll definitely get in mm-hmm. and then yeah. when I did yeah that was really tough and I I didn't know what to do to be fair I and I did sort of switch off I think I didn't even want to I, I was really distraught really down you know I mean I didn't know anyone at the time who took two gap years who like who does that mm. and yeah people left right and center were telling me you know do this and um why you know maybe this medicine isn't for you but that was I mean you're just there wasn't any actual next steps and stuff and my parents bless them as much as they want to help they didn't really they've not been to university themselves they didn't know um you know what advice to give and so again I went to Dr Piffia <laughs> my physics teacher even though I'd left and he just oh bless him he said you want to do some soul searching and he said you need to like wow yeah that was a journey he needs to like figure out the person you are you know what you want to do as a career and I realized I think from that was medical like being a doctor had um, all these things that I wanted in a career like I wanted stuff that was challenging something that I was something that I was always continuing to learn I definitely wanted um, people contact because um, I think I'm a people's person um, I think I'm a caring person as well so I think medicine had like being a doctor had all of that and then I think I realized well if I want that in my life maybe one another job out there it doesn't offer me everything but if I go into teaching I do have the science aspect of it and I do have that people contact but in terms of mm. you know that continuous learning and stuff I could probably do that maybe by um going to conferences and stuff like that so I can address the many things I want in my life through different avenues or I could go into research and then I can make up with the caring and people's contact by doing some charity work and stuff like that so I think I like took a deep like a journey into like finding out who I am as a person yeah and then I was like and then I obviously had to like assess and reevaluate actually what went wrong this time around and then it was the whole like okay yeah it's interviews that messed me up and then it's like well I'm gonna have to get better interviews it's not like the UK cat where it's like or the UCAT that it's now where like that was a one-off and you know um I would never have to do that again in the future it was no I had to get better interviews it's somewhere in the rest somewhere down the line might as well do it now when it actually when it's actually going to help me get you know a job that I my dream job basically um so I went against so many people um who were like so I didn't end up telling anyone actually that I applied that I was going to apply another time around just because I think with 
you know you want to do something and sometimes people's opinions can just make everything messy and stuff I made I'm, I insisted that my mom didn't tell anyone as well bless her she had to tell a few people and um that's my mom and then come on you're applying to med school that wasn't ever gonna stay a secret I, well i mean then i had to tell them i didn't get in which is like a whole different thing but um i just no, i don't want anyone to know uh, my name my neighbor knew but uh, nobody else knew and um yeah i applied third time round. had an interview in december um at peninsula plymouth medical school and um got my offer like i think it was a day after my birthday or something <laughs> it was actually oh, wow. Oh, wow. and then it, the, i was like wow after like eight rejections is this what like um like acceptance feel, feels like so it was yeah it was great and i'm just i remember just saying i was so glad i stuck to my guns like i'm so happy i mm. stuck to yeah stuck to my gut it's only when i realized actually that medicine was at the end or be all actually mm-hmm. and that's when i got my offer and i think maybe that's what I mean, maybe that's what God wanted me to go through for me to get it. There's two things here in, in your journey that I think our listeners can take away, and that's vision, and <laughs> you did a bit of soul searching. I think when you see yourself in a particular position, you're, you have to be determined, and you will get there. It's just that you don't know what route you're going to take. You don't know. Some people are going abroad and coming back. Some yeah. people are doing several degrees and then getting into medicine. That journey might be different. But the destination is pretty much the same for everyone. Um, and I think your journey highlights that for a lot of our listeners who might be going through a difficult patch, might have not got in this year, the second year, maybe even the third year. But you've just, you've just highlighted the, the, the sort of the value of being able to see yourself somewhere. Mm. Um, thanks for sharing if that. If you're doing it for the right reason, I think. Um, and if you... Um, you um, having said that I had to work for it like I had to fix up my personal statement I had to work on my interview technique I had to get the grades to prove it so you put do your stuff do you put the hard work in and if you're doing it for the right reasons like I, I see mm. I really want to be a doctor because I want to do good and um, I think I do have the ability I just had to prove it then it's mm. worth it in that way um, because I, I love I more or less love medical schools hate the exams but I love hmm. I do love medical school and I can't wait to graduate. The exams don't end, by the way. They yeah. do, they never stop. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of brings us on to the next point, where mm-hmm. how does someone kind of have to take multiple gap years, finally get into med school, yeah. all of a sudden, then become an entrepreneur? It's two ends of the extreme. <laughs> it's you know your your life probably. I know it's not overnight, and everyone sees it overnight. It changed overnight. Tell us a bit about this entrepreneurial pursuit journey, what Muslimah is, why you founded it, and what have some of the difficulties been you faced while being a full-time medical student? Well, you've been there from the beginning, Abdul, so you, you know exactly how it's I'm just, I'm just going to pretend I don't know the story. Um, but tell us um, through all of that, because yeah. um, so, it is quite interesting. The yeah, way um, well, yeah, I didn't start with you know, an entrepreneur journey, like, you know, the way it started was, it was a problem that I was facing. And, mm. um, and I was, and I felt like, oh, can I just say something before I forget? What? I don't know if people know before Muslim, me, Aisha, and a good friend of us, we did, we tried to do another <laughs> little start called Head Start. And it was basically oh, like, what? Head Start, Head or Get Ahead or something right. like that, where it's like tuition, right? Um, yeah, but like so like, you know how you like have A-level intensive, math tuition, but, uh, but you know how yeah. you have intensive like A level revision days. 
uh, that company charges and it's like the whole day but they go through all the subjects and stuff like that but normally these events cost like 100 200 quid which you know i know growing up i didn't have that money but i you know we were missing out on that beneficial um sort of session so we wanted to do that but at a much sort of affordable price that anyone could um could um you know would be able to benefit from so it was it was that wasn't it yeah I remember we did that. Yeah, we did that. And I remember we made leaflets. I think Asha did a logo and we, we basically one day went around London and we just stuck sticking these leaflets across central London with me and a queue. I think we ended up having 30 people. I don't think any of them paid anything. No, it was our... <laughs> but it was good fun. It was our normal class. It was to get sort of feedback on yeah. what went well, what didn't go good, you know, what was what we can yeah. work on. Um, but I still, yeah. But it was good fun. I enjoyed it. Fun memories, yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that was our first experience. Um, it didn't continue. But um, yeah, I just thought, let me put that in before I forget. But yeah, forget Head Start. Um. It just it started with a problem. And I felt like I had a solution. And that's how it really started. So the problem was, um, so as someone of the um, Islamic faith, we have to um, pray five times a day and um that could be you know we could be out shopping or something and there's a set time to pray a certain prayer uh, for those who don't know and i was out shopping in ilford lane so ilford you know it's like a there's a heavily sort of muslim population there right yeah so i was so in that area i remembered i had to pray um i think there was a sort of prayer the third prayer during the in the day and i was quite mindful that the time was going to end for that so i was trying to find somewhere and I'm like, surely there's a mosque somewhere nearby here that I can go to. And then I was like doing a quick Google search, nothing was coming up. And then I just thought, well, even if I do go there, how do I know if they have a space for ladies to pray in? Because um, not all mosques have um, facilities for uh, females. As um, They may just have only facilities for men. So I was like, even if I go through all of that hassle and go there, find somewhere, they might just turn me away. And then I was doing that thing where I was like, okay, I might have to like cut this like shopping trip short and go home. But then I was like, even if I say to mom, like, let's, let's like, let's go now. She's going to probably take half an hour and then we're going to take another half an hour and I'm still going to miss it. And I had just started to become like regular in my prayers. And I don't know, I just felt like it, it was sort of difficult for me to be able to like maintain that. And then, you know, um, just do normal stuff, like you know, going shopping and I think I just, you know, that's when the sort of light bulb moment came where it was like, so why not make an app that has um, a way of telling you what the nearest mosques are and it identifies a way of knowing whether there's like facilities for women to pray in. And then, um, but I was like, let's not just stop at mosques. There's um, prayer rooms in hospitals, in shopping centres, multi-faith centres in, um, like even the, um, I think even the Tate has a multi-faith centre um, and you can include that as well and then um, people have all these places to pray and stuff um, and and I was like that's it if, if they, an app doesn't exist like that why don't I'm just going to do that because it's not just me in the same situation I'm sure there's other people um, and then when I spoke to other people they were like yeah exactly I felt the exact same way I've had to leave you know places early to go home to pray or I've had to actually miss prayer which is something you know you, you're just not happy about you, you know it just hurts my soul when I, I feel so bad mm. if I have to miss a prayer so 
um that that was it. I was like, okay, I want to do this. And then I spoke with Akil. <laughs> and because he's like, you know, you know him. He's like the guy who just knows what to do or like um he, he's 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 such a creative guy as well. So I just yeah. I remember just going to him and I just said, Okay. And he was so he was the first guy I told. Um or the first person I told. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do this, I, but I don't know how to do this sort of thing. But I was like, I'm going to do it. I'll figure it out. It's fine. And then he was the one who said, he was like, well, then why don't you just pray outside? Because that's what I do when I'm when I'm out and about. <laughs> <laughs> quick fix. That was such a quick okay. fix solution to such a big problem. Okay. <laughs> we need to bring him back to the table. You're going to bring him back. No, 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 no. You're going to actually like be proud of him because I'll tell you why. Because um, okay. he, yeah, so then he's like, why don't you pray outside? I was like, okay. And I was like, okay, what if I need to do, you know, wudu ablution? I've got to take my hijab off. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, yeah. he's like, okay, what if I need to do ablution? He's like, okay, yeah, just get a water bottle and just like put it on your hand and put it on your head. And he's like showing me how he does wudu, basically. And I'm like, okay, well, what if I take my hijab off? Because, you know, I wear a headscarf. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I see the problem. Okay, yeah, I see the problem. Uh-huh, okay, yeah, yeah get it. Then he's like, okay, well, if you guys, like, so he's like, well, I don't think guys have this problem as much and stuff. And obviously, um, the yeah. thing is, if I, if a, you know, if a female prays in public, there, and it's, it's also been backed up by statistics, um, that there's a high chance that they're attacked if, you know, if there is someone oh, wow. in Islam mm. around. So, mm. um, so, so I did highlight that to him, and he was like, okay, well, if you know, if sisters are going through this, like, if there's an, if this is a sister, an issue that is affecting you know females more then why don't you make an app that has other sort of features that um women have to balance that men don't and call it muslima so basically he came up with the idea of muslima really was a guy so a guy should we have got him instead i think we've got the wrong person (laughs) (laughs) i'm only joking (laughs) and then i said he i just uh initially so i think after speaking with you you were like no an app is meant to have one function and i was like see this is what abdul said an app's supposed to have one function you're complicating it now but then he's like and he just said well you know this is what i think and stuff and this is how ideas i think come about they come about through discussions and stuff like that and um he and he was genuinely he was thinking about it he I couldn't have known that actually, so I was going to go with this like pray space locator thing. That's what I was going to roll with. And then mm. it's only after speaking with him where he's like, well, do you know what? That's, it seems like it's more of a challenge for women than it is for men. And what other things, um, if there are other things that, you know, you do face um, that men don't, then why don't you should dedicate a whole app towards it? So um, as I thought about it, I was like, okay, let me see if there are other things that we tend to do that, you know, you don't. And then I came up with quite a bit, quite a bit basically, and I was like, okay, I guess there is enough features for me to dedicate a whole mm. app uh, for to, like towards mm. Muslim women, um, and that that is literally how. And I once sort of once I was like, once I was making, I was like, hey, I want this app, I want this on my phone. This will make my life so mm. much more easier. And then that was it. Like it wasn't. It was literally like, okay. I I'm gonna do this. I don't I didn't know anyone who made apps. I didn't know any computer science um, student, let alone someone who does this for a living. I didn't have any money to even start this off. But because again, I had planned it out, had gone through that journey of, oh my god, this is something I find so difficult, and this is something I feel guilty about not doing um if i had a feature that solved this oh my god and then you know this one thing that's been really that you know i feel guilty about is a really is a big pain point for me mm. if it's been solved then 
Mm. It's not just, but the thing is, it's not just solving, it's not going to be beneficial for me. It's going to be beneficial for so many other people like me. And that's what I like. I'm doing it. Like it was more of I'm gonna be solving a problem, and that's how it started. And I've mentioned before, like I like uh, impact and stuff is really important to me and stuff. So that's why it, I went for it. I was like, it's gonna be a game changer. Um, Aisha, so you identified a problem, you yeah. discussed it with friends, and you developed the whole concept. And you said something which is quite um, common amongst all startup founders and a barrier to a lot of people who have ideas. And you said but I don't have any money uh-huh. at that stage. Yeah. How did you go about bringing this idea to life now? Tell us about that journey. Um, so initially, I think I remember saying I was going to like raise the money myself because I was, because for me, it was like my way of a form of charity, basically, like, you know, to do good. And then um, um, I had a friend who was applying for the Idea Factory for his startup. I think you've had him on the show before, Osama. Um, so he told me about it and he was, so he was applying for it. And I remember, I remember I didn't want to apply for it because I said, how in the, because you're meant to, you know, talk about what the app does and stuff. Mm. I thought, what well, if I'm going to go into how, what the app, um, you know, does in terms of it helps someone find a prayer space because we have to pray five times a day. And then, then all the other features that we had, like, you know the period tracker and um, the solar tracker. These, if I do, if I go into this solution, I need to tell them what the problem is because they may not be familiar with it, mm. um, and they might not just get it because we, we would know how much of an effort we make to try and pray five times a day. And if if not, if we don't, then we definitely have it in us within us that we want to get there. But um, so I remember just thinking then they might not get it and I didn't I didn't want to apply for it because I just thought I'm gonna get rejected all over again <laughs> and then um I but I I don't know I just thought you know what there's no harm let me just do it whatever mm. I applied and then I heard over 200 people applied and I was like oh, wow. great great I'm definitely not gonna get it it's okay um and then I got shortlisted 20 people I think there were yeah, 200 of us those 20 people and I think I'd said to myself well I'm gonna I'm either going to fund it myself so I've got backup so you know there's no harm and then out of the final the final 20 we had to like pitch do elevator pitch um and a few other things so again my first time doing elevator pitch um and the only sort of experience I had was the apprentice and so I was literally taking notes from the apprentice and we had a, um, we did actually have a lot of support as well and first time I made an elevator pitch I, I you know um, I, I had I presented the elevator pitch and then we got then it was the 20 being shortlisted to 10 and I said to myself I'm just proud of myself that I got this far anyways just because I've learned I, I mean I now have an elevator pitch if someone wants to know about Muslim art I know how to sell it to them and because I remember you kept on asking me, Abdul, you were like, what is Muslimah? Like, say it in one sentence. And I was like, but you can't say it in one sentence. There's so many things like Muslimah does. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was able to now do that. And then I got, sh- then we were told, okay, you know, these are the final 10. Fully didn't expect my name or Muslimah to be there. Yeah. And then I think I was the last name they said. <laughs> and, then <I> was like, <laughs> and then, yeah, so it's the final 10. And the final 10 had to pitch to a judge. A, a, a panel of three judges who are all ex- experts in their field in entrepreneurship or business 
and they were i don't think any of them were muslim um i think what like the head judge was a guy um and i was just like okay and that was my biggest struggle was how do i explain um my struggles and so many people like me in like three minutes and tell them what the solution is and how this is going to be viable basically and um again a lot of help and support from the entrepreneur team who helped me basically eloquently um say the the problem and the solution in in about in, in about a minute or two um mm-hmm. yeah the first time i pitched and um from going to, from from like the beginning where i wasn't even going to apply and then what mm-hmm. i won the competition which um gave a pot of money basically to kickstart uh, muslima so i just mm-hmm. it was just amazing. it was yeah, i was yeah. i feel like i was very lucky as well i didn't tell many people i you were definitely probably in my top 10 of people mm-hmm. that i told abdul um mm. and i was very lucky the people i did like i did um tell were people who helped me out a lot or who guided me to look into this and look into that i was very supportive and encouraging so thank you actually abdul mm. for um helping me because I, I think a part of the reason yeah. i'm here is you. Um, so, yeah. so that was the ideas factor which you reluctantly applied for yet went on to win which kind of showed mm. your grit and persistence and I'm sure you'd agree you probably learned a lot having gone through that process um then there was a picture circulating of you <laughs> meeting the queen while she was wearing the the the, the subtle pink that is the yeah. Muslim pink how, how did that come about that was so cool right um yeah so I so actually I didn't I they hadn't announced the winners of the idea factory yet they we had so we did the pitch and everything and then we had a two-week wait i think um where they were going to announce the winners in house of lords so i didn't hear anything for two weeks and i fully had said again as i um i fully had said that after i broke it down i said i don't think i'm gonna win um because i don't think i um i don't think they got it and then so in the middle of that two weeks i get an email saying royal opening um at bush house you're invited i was so confused i was like huh okay why what is going on have i been sent this by accident i was at work i was working at tech bar in uh, more library and i was all by myself and i get this email and then i was thinking i remember just scrolling down thinking oh maybe it's just all the idea factory people and then i saw my name it said aisha inga in brackets winner of idea factory so that's how i found out i won and then I was like, huh? And there was there was no one there. And then I read the email and it said, you know, the Queen's going to come to... No, not the Queen, they just said the royal family's coming to um, Bush House to officially open it and you're invited. And I I was... I was... Yeah, I, 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 I don't think it clicked then. But I was just happy that I'd won, basically. And so I... Um, I called home, told my mom, go, mom, I think I won. In that time, someone else sent me an email and said, oh, you know, do you know this email that you got? It was meant to say finalist, not um, winner. They just, you know, everybody really liked your 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 passion and, um, you know, empowering Muslim, empowering Muslim women, really, that that's why you've been invited. So, um, yeah, so then I was like, okay, yeah, I haven't won, but maybe I have won. It was so weird. And then, and then we didn't, we weren't told for ages who was going to, um, he was going to come Bush House. We just knew someone in the royal family. I I was watching The Crown on Netflix. Have you guys seen that? 
Have you guys seen it? Yeah, I've heard about it. I haven't seen it myself, but I heard it's super popular and like it's, it's quite popular. Yeah, you need to see it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So I'm not, I'm not like a fan of the royal family. Like I'll check out what like what Kim Woodington's wearing probably, but that's that's I don't know much about them. So I was watching The Crown and I was like, wow, like the Queen's pretty cool. Like she's done like obviously it's not real. We don't know whether it's real or not. But I was like, oh, she's quite like you know she's had to like part with difficult stuff and she's i think the biggest sometimes staying quiet in difficult situation is tough like you know me i'm gonna if i have if there's a problem if i have a problem with someone i'm gonna say something but to, to be sometimes stay quiet is quite a strength in its own so i was like oh okay she's so cool and then i was told i think like a week before we were gonna meet her that it was the queen and i was like oh my god i'm just gonna be like i'm such a big fan i watched in the crown you're amazing um and then so we were told it was the queen and kate Middleton that were going to come and uh, meet us so we saw her on the side before she came in and she was wearing pink and i was like i'm a and muslim's logo is pink so i was like oh my god it is meant to be you can't plan this stuff so yeah, i just remember um, seeing that photo and we'll was- share that photo when we released the episode and it was such an iconic picture and it just <laughs> all fit together as in like you know you know it was yeah. destined to be it was fate um and i remember i was so yeah. proud and i shared it and it was really amazing um but that yeah, yeah. it was great she was i fully thought she wouldn't get it i fully thought she's gonna be like what is this about and she you apparently you so you shouldn't speak first you're presented to her mm. she puts her hand out and then you're meant to like oh, wow. shake her oh, hand wow. That's how all these etiquettes. But this is all the things we were learning before, like, you know, before we met her. And then, um, so they said, oh, you know, you just have to present your bit and then she'll move on and she wants to ask you a question. She will. So I think for the first three people or the people before me, I think she probably moved on. I think she probably spoke to some one person. I'm not sure. So with me, I said my bit, fully expected her to go. And she's like, oh, so how do you balance it with medical school? Uh, Obviously, that's not how she speaks. Like, how do you balance it with me? I can't, I'm not going to even bother trying to <laughs> speak like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, she, and then I was like, oh my God, she's asking me a question. Oh my God. And I was like, what did she say? And then I, um, you know, just basically told her that I've got such a supportive um, team and so many great people have helped me. Mm. And um, that's, you know, that's how I've been trying to juggle um, both at the same time. No. It's... And then, yeah, she knows and that kind of brings us <laughs> to the next question i'm no queen i'm no royal team yeah. but um, i'd ask a similar question <laughs> is what advice would you give to other people in similar positions to yourself that are full-time medical students that do have um, a startup or do have an mm-hmm. idea they want to move forward what advice would you give to those individuals if you can if you have a few days that you can dedicate yeah. solely to your um ideal your venture you can make a lot of progress whereas doing um, i don't whereas doing things bit by bit um like you know once every week what is when that's what it's like right now um a final year I, you know not much progress can be done so if if you have if there is a time where you have a lot of time you know like such as interclinic bsc year or your um summer that is the time where you can make so much progress and then also make plans for the, the you know for when you are back in uh, uni during your academic year and so right so yeah so that is i that's one of my biggest like life lessons advice. that i've learned that if there is yeah that. if there is i mean if you need to take a break if you need to for sure if you need to take a break take a break 
Um, but I I was fully like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Or actually, another reason was I fully got imposter syndrome. Like, I fully got that because I had one idea factory. I had I, you know, I had the money uh, ready to kickstart. I met the queen, everything. And then I just, I like completely was paralyzed because I was like, but who am I doing this? Like, who am I? I'm just a normal person. And I'm making a, you know, who am I to be making the very first Islamic app for Muslim women? Like, I'm not even the best. It's what I, I felt like a fraud as well. Like, I was like, uh, you know, I, yeah, it was another thing that I had to go through. So I, because of that, didn't do anything for like a good solid three, four months um, where, you know, I could have been miles ahead in my like journey right now um but you know i just i just you know had this thing that was making me feel really insecure i didn't do anything about it um time went on and then eventually i did speak to someone about it and they you know more or less knew what to say for me to like get rid of that and uh, for me it was for they they for me that sort of clicked was well if you were the one who came up with the idea and decided to execute it and you got this far then maybe you are the one to carry it forward um and so that was it. And it was just like resolved in a 10, 15 minute conversation where I just had to open up. I literally felt like I was complaining and I was like, I'm complaining, like people are just gonna be, mm. um, you know, they're not gonna care. They're just gonna think, why is she moaning and mm. stuff? But they, you know, they, if they're your friends, if they care about you and stuff, it's not gonna be seen like that. And they, they just, they, she helped me through it in 10 minutes. Mm. And I just mm. said to her, why did I come to you like three months earlier? Mm. And then I could have had months where I could have worked on it Definitely. um it just shows you like if you are going to do something that, like reach out to loved ones or people who you know who are caring and most people are going to help you Absolutely. and support you definitely um I'm conscious of time and I know you need to head off because you do have clinics um more importantly how do people down in Muslima how do they get in touch with you um if they want to join the team um just give us a little shout out for Muslimah um, just before we wrap up. So Muslimah is the first Islamic app for Muslim women. And it just and it helps Muslim women um, integrate the many aspects of faith in day-to-day life. Um, so on one platform, we have loads of features such as um, prayer space locators, Islamic blogs, solar goals, a daily hadith um, and Quranic quotes. And on one platform our aim is that um the muslim woman should not have to compromise their religion alongside their many responsibilities and in essence what i want is for it to be the go-to app for all muslim women um all around the world it's super cool super innovative um and it really is solving a big big problem that i think a lot of people have been oblivious to um, or haven't had the ability to do something about um so I want to thank you, Asha, for taking the time out to come and speak to us. Um, I'm so proud of everything you've achieved. And I know you will only continue to have even more success, not only as the founder of Muslimah, but as a um, fully graduated and qualified doctor, which hopefully is next year. Um, so a massive pleasure, a massive thank you. And I wish you all the best um, with Muslimah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Not thank you, guys. And thank, thank you for all your support during the way as well. No, awesome. It's Thanks been for a pleasure. The show. Thank you and thank you to all our listeners. We hope to see you all back next week.